the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. If you go back to the founding fathers of America 239 years ago on July 4th, the year 1776, historically and factually speaking, it can be irrefutably proven that biblical Christianity helped I said it helped shape the beginning of our nation. The Bible states these words in Psalm chapter 33, verse 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Many of our founding fathers, not all of them, but many of them believed that. One of the, the men, the early pilgrims, was a man named William Bradford. This was in the year 1620. This was a long time before 1776. But when the first pilgrims came, they were fleeing religious persecution from King James of England. And William Bradford, one of the very first pilgrims, he wrote and then he signed what we know today as the Mayflower Compact, which was the first governing document of the Plymouth Colony. At the beginning of that, the first words explaining why he was here, why they were coming to the New World, he wrote these words, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. You see, they wanted to come to a land and establish a colony free from religious persecution where they could advance the Christian faith and they could worship freely. And ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what we're doing here today. We are worshiping in freedom, free from persecution, and we're advancing our Christian faith and worshiping God. Amen? Amen? If you jump back to the late 1700s, you have 13 American colonies who revolt against the British rule. They form a body which is called the Continental Congress from 1774 to 1789, a group of men who spoke and acted on behalf of the people of those 13 colonies that in 1776 would become the United States of America. They met in a place called Carpenter's Hall in Philadelphia. They were trying to figure out, to create, to come up with a system of government that would equally rule all 13 colonies. And so as the men met, a great conflict uh, resulted in the midst of their constitutional convention because there were many problems and many disagreements. They couldn't get along. 
And some delegates were threatening to leave. Some had actually sent letters back to the colony saying that they were about to disperse. Because how would we be governed? How could we be governed? No one knew until finally there was a little old man by the name of Benjamin Franklin who stood up and addressed the Continental Congress. He addressed the chairman, which was General Washington. And here's his words. He said, we have not hither to once thought of humbly appealing ourselves to the Father of lights to illume our understanding. In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible to danger, while we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection, our prayers, sir, were answered. Do we assume that we no longer need his assistance? And then he said these words, I've lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, of the sacred writings, which we know, of course, is the Word of God. And unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that built it. I firmly believe this. And he sat down, and they say that a holy hush fell across the Continental Congress that day. They then came up with what's called the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. Despite the fact that revisionist historians claim that many of our founding fathers were deists, we know for a fact that 52 out of the 56 uh, founding fathers were devout believers in Jesus Christ. But that was 239 years ago. Today, this is my second point, write this down. I want you to know there is still an America that honors God. There is still an America that respects God. There is still an America that believes in God. All over this country, all over this church, in this room right here, there are godly men, godly women, godly parents, godly children, godly single people, godly married people, godly people all over this room. There are still, whether you realize it or not, there are moms and dads who get up every Sunday morning and they get their children in their Sunday clothes and they get the little offering and the little envelope and they take their child and put them in the car and drive them to the church with a Bible under the arm, and they walk into a place just like this and open up their Bible, and they listen to the Word of God and sing the songs that we sing. They take Holy Communion. They'll watch and be a part of people being baptized, and they spend their day worshiping and honoring the Lord God. There is still an America like that. Not hundreds, not thousands, not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but there are millions and millions of people today just like you who are going to church for the purpose of singing and worship and praising God and giving and taking communion and serving and investing in the kingdom of God. There will be young people, there will be middle-aged people, there will be elderly people, both single and married who woke up today with one thought, what can I do to honor the Lord God today with all my heart, with all my strength, and with all my mind? 
praise God, thank God for America like that. I don't know if you know it or not, but there are still people who tell the truth in America. There are still people in America who integrity and character matter. There are still people in America, when they shake hands on something, that handshake means something, where their word is their bond. There's still in America today that people will actually do kind deeds in the name of the Lord. They'll actually hold the door open for an elderly person to go first. They'll actually let someone else go first. There's still people in America that say thank you and please and you're welcome and it's nice to see you. There's still in America today where letters of appreciation are handwritten. There's still an America today where there are volunteers who spend their time and their talents serving their community and serving their church and serving their neighborhood. Thank God, praise God for an America like that. You, you do know you're supposed to be honoring the Lord. You know that, don't you? It's what you're supposed to be doing. It's what the Bible says. Look at Psalm 29, 2. I'm going to go through some verses real quick. It says, Ascribe. Everybody say, Ascribe. Uh, ascribe. Give to the Lord the glory that is due his name. You, a lot of you have bills that are due. You can't, I can't believe I got all these bills that come due. Well, there's something else that's due that's far important than any bill you write. And that's the glory that is due to the Lord. It says to worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Psalm chapter 34, verse 3, it says to glorify, glorify the Lord with me. Let us, plural, exalt the Lord, exalt his name together. Psalm 57, verse 5 says, let your glory be over all the earth, while all the earth is supposed to be glorifying God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1, O Lord, you are my God, and I will exalt you, and I will praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness, oh, I love those two words together, for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things. I'm so blessed by Christians and pastors and churches all over America where people today desire to honor God with their words, with their deeds, with their hearts, with their minds, with their bodies, with all of their heart, to the depths of their soul. There are still people in America that desire to honor God with everything they have. Thank God, I praise God, that there is like a mighty roaring river of movement sweeping across America today where there are more strong Bible-believing churches and people just like you and just like me who still believe in biblical marriage and we still believe in the sanctity of human life and we still believe... We still believe that yes means yes and that no means no. We still believe in prayer and Bible study. We still believe in communion. We still believe in Christian baptism. We still believe in Christian education. We still believe that the Bible are the words of God. We still believe in honoring God. Thank God, praise God for an America like that. But I have a third point that I'm sorry to tell you. 
There's another America that defames God, that denies God, that ignores God, that mocks God. I wonder what he thinks when there's so many in this country totally ignoring, totally ignoring his word. We have a liquor store in every corner in this country. We have more nightclubs than we have churches. Some of you spend more time in the nightclubs than you spend in church. We have people who spend more time viewing pornography than they do viewing the Bible in this country. We spend more money on gambling. We'll just sit there at the table and play these games all day long. Go home, say, yeah, I made money. Go to church, we won't give God a dollar. There was a book called The Day America Told the Truth, and they really got people to be honest, and they discovered that only 30% of Americans believe in all Ten Commandments. That's almost funny to me. Like, we believe in eight of the ten. You what? Yeah, I believe in eight of those. Like, thou thou shalt not murder? I believe that one. But I only believe seven of the ten. Well, if you believe seven, why don't you just believe all ten? Well, because those three are the ones that I do. So I don't believe in those. Ninety-five percent of Americans believe that lying is okay if it's needed. And you know that, you know that statistic is true. A third of Americans have had extramarital affairs. 25% of our children have lost their virginity by age 13. America today not only accepts sins, America promotes sin. We call evil good and, and good evil. America has what the Bible refers to as the forehead of a prostitute. If you don't know what that description is, it's God uh, using a description. The forehead of a prostitute refers to a nation who sins and no longer blushes, no longer is embarrassed by the sin. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, mark this, write this down, pay attention to this, that in the last days, there's going to be some terrible things happening. In other words, when you see these terrible things happening, you, you better pay attention. The Lord is about to return. And then it lists in verse two. So you see if this is happening in America today, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, You see that happening in our country today. Verse 3, without love, uh, unforgiving. Uh, I'm still amazed by how, how as Christians, we, we don't forgive people. You've been forgiven a debt that you can never, ever pay. And, and yet we hold on to grudges, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited. And this next line, it, I mean, it just describes the motto of America, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We're watching this very moment God remove his hand of blessing from this country. My question is, what is the real America? 
is that the America of honest, decent, God-fearing people that have integrity and character where their word matters, or is it the America uh, where people can lie and curse and cheat and commit any kind of sexual immorality that they want? Is it the America where we have godly parents and godly husbands and godly children and godly teachers and godly pastors? Or is it the America where we're just simply lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God? Which is the real America? Whichever one wants it the most. It's not going to be who fights the most. It's not going to be who votes the best. It's not going to be who argues the best. It's the one who prays. I want to show you this verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, if my people, you and me, If my people who are called by my name, and if you call yourself a Christian, you're wearing the name of Christ. Christian, you wear Christ's name. So I'm a Christian, you wear. If my people who call my name will humble themselves and pray. And whenever I read this, people, oh, pastor, you finally hit the nail on the head. We shouldn't be involved in all this other stuff. You just got to get the church down and pray because if we'll just get down and pray, well, God will solve all these problems. No, he's not. You've got to read the rest of the verse. The verse says, If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek his face, and if my people will turn from their wicked ways. See, we got too many people who are wearing the name of Christ and believe in prayer, but still going to the nightclubs. We got too many people wearing the name of Christ and still vacationing in Las Vegas for fun. We got too many people wearing the name of Christ but are involved in sexual immorality. We've got too many people wearing the name of Christ but are still cursing like sailors. We've got too many people who wear the name of Christ but never give God a nickel. We've got too many people wearing the name of Christ but are not really actually spending time in the Bible or spending time worshiping or spending time honoring God or really getting down on their knees and humbling themselves before God and totally surrendering to God. The Bible says, if my people will pray and turn from their wicked ways, then God says, I will hear that prayer. Then I will answer your prayer. Then I will heal your land. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. And in this text, God is speaking to the nation of Israel, and he's reminding Israel that he is the potter and that you as a nation, you're just a lump of clay in my hands. I can do with you whatever I want to do with you. It's really not written to an individual. It's written to an entire nation. And when I read this, People always say, well, we don't ever see the United States in the Bible. We don't see anything about biblical prophecy. I've heard, I've heard geniuses speak on biblical prophecy. The United States is not mentioned in biblical prophecy. And I always think, yes, we are. We're in Jeremiah chapter 18. Because even though he's talking to the nation of Israel, you'll notice here if you just read, he's talking about all nations and we're a nation. This could, this could, he could be talking about Iran. He could be talking about Australia. He could talk about Mexico. He could talk about Europe. 
he can talk about the United States because here's, here's the words. Pay attention. Verse 5. The word of the Lord came to me, verse 6, O house of Israel. He's talking to Israel. Can I not do with you as the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So he's talking to Israel, but now he's talking about us in verse 7. If at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if, verse 8, that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. Verse 9, and if at another time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight, and if that nation does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I believe if you go back and you see how this country was founded for freedom, for the ability to worship God, I've got to believe that God intended good things for this nation of ours. But we've got too many people who've turned their back on God. We've got too many people running in the wrong direction. We've got too many people mocking God. We've got too many people defaming God. God will only be patient so long. And what he's waiting on, and this is just me, is for people like you and me. I mean, I can't, I can't do anything for anybody. All I can say is, Lord, as for me and my house, God, we will serve the Lord. That's all I can say. I mean, I I think God is all ready to bring the judgment on this country. He can destroy. You're a potter and you get done with it. I don't like that. Just start over. God could destroy this country in a heartbeat. I think he's getting ready to destroy this country. But what will change his mind is if you and I will pray, if you and I will seek his face, If you and I will turn from our wicked ways, he will relent and not bring about the disaster that he had planned. So I end this sermon with the way I began this sermon with the question. And here's the question. Will the real America please stand up? It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. 
The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley